Welcome to CCO Podcast, calling college students to serve Jesus Christ with their entire lives. Good morning, everyone. For those of you who just came in, I introduced myself before. I'm Linda Leon. I serve at Malone University in Canton, Ohio with a CCO. Yeah, Canton. What high school did you go to? Manchester High. Okay. Louisville? All right. My son's at Glen Oak. Hoover. Boo. <laughs> Um, So, um, I mentioned if you were in this session last year, it is similar material, but I would assume that you walking in here, there is a reason why being told to slow down and be quiet is not offensive to you. It's actually hit something that you need. So, I'm glad that you're here. Um, For the new people coming in, I mentioned, um, please put away anything that's distracting to you, whatever you consider distracting. And if that doesn't include your phone or Apple Watch, I would like to include that as distracting. And what we're hoping is that you'll turn those completely off. No vibrations, no notifications, and I promise to let you out by 10. You can trust me. Um, So, my hope today, I'm going to be walking back and forth to click this thing, and I've got all these wires hanging off, off of me, so just ignore me. And my hope for today is that you begin to understand that busyness and noise don't have to define your life, that you can choose a different way to live through using some spiritual practices, some spiritual disciplines. And so I'm going to do some talking, a lot more toward the beginning, and then we're going to practice three spiritual disciplines together. Um, Now, I'm assuming that this topic has drawn you guys here for a particular reason. So I'd love for a few people to tell me, why did you come to this workshop? Go ahead. Just start talking. I feel like there's a lot of uh, activity and strife going on in my life. Okay. Anybody else feel like activity and strife is going on in their life? Mm -hmm. Okay. Someone else? Anxiety. Anxiety. Yes. I'm sorry that that's your experience. What else? Yeah. Tired of doing everything that everyone wants me to do. Oh, yes. Hey, would you do me a favor and close that door back there? Yes. Hard to say no, especially if you're someone who's naturally a helper or server to other people. And then we forget that we also need to help and serve ourselves in a self-care kind of way. Thank you. Well, Spiritual disciplines begin with a desire, okay? Oh, and I just wanted to explain, the lights are down like this because I want you to feel restful. So if you fall asleep, you won't offend me. I mean, we're trying to slow down and be quiet, so hey, I might take a nap. So spiritual disciplines begin with a desire. We desire to grow closer to God, or we're desiring for him to make some sort of change in our lives. Does that feel right for some of you this morning? You desire for your life to be a little different. Okay, having that desire for God to make a change leads to a discipline. A discipline, sometimes you hear that word and you think, ah, that's when mom and dad sent me to my room. Or you know, A discipline just means a regular practice. So a desire leads to the discipline of spiritual practices. And then after that discipline or those spiritual practices take hold and become regular, the Holy Spirit transforms us. And I want to be clear today that when you do spiritual practices, you don't change yourself. The Holy Spirit is the one that changes us. And so when we invite the Holy Spirit to make changes into our lives, change will happen. And so here's some goals for today. 
I'm going to help you to reflect, hopefully, on your relationship with time and noise. I want to introduce you to the ideas that God wants you to slow down, commands you to slow down. He wants your life to be less distracting, and he gives you permission to slow down and be quiet. And then we're going to do a few spiritual disciplines, a few practices. I'm going to introduce them here. We're going to try them just for little bits of time here. But I want to equip you to take them with you in the coming weeks. So as needed, as wanted, feel free to take a picture of the ideas that I'll have on the screen so that you can take those with you. Has anybody ever been to the Caribbean Sea? All right. What is that water like? Yeah. Yeah, it's clear. Like, I live close to Lake Erie, which you shouldn't touch. Okay? So you... I mean, we have a a river near us that caught on fire. So, yeah, long time ago. So when you go to the Caribbean Sea, the water is clear. The sky is jewel sapphire blue. And when you take different sort of angles to look at the water itself, there are reflections of blue and green and white. So what I'd like you to do is walk with me into the Caribbean Sea. If you would, close your eyes and just listen Spiritual practices aren't just about your spirit. They're about your body. God cares about all of you because he made all of you. And so spiritual practices also involve relaxing. So settle into your chair. Relax your shoulders. Relax your jaw. And we're on the beach, looking out over this clear, clear water. And it's the kind of sand that's bleached white and super fine. And between our toes, it's almost fluffy as we walk on it toward the water's edge. The sun is just enough warm to make us not too hot, but it's warming our shoulders and our arms as we walk. And we're approaching the water's edge, and we notice that there aren't big waves. It's just gently lapping at our toes. And so we begin to walk in. And we look down, and sure enough, as we take steps, the sand swirls around our toes, and then it settles, and we can see our feet. And we keep walking, and the water is up to our ankles, and we notice some seashells on the bottom of the ocean floor. And the water is like bath water, just warm enough. We keep walking, and the water is up to our knees now, and the sun is warming our back, and we move forward. And now we are up to our thighs in water, and our fingertips begin to trail in the sea, and the water and the air and the sun are all the same 
warmth. And we move forward, and now we're at our hips. And we look down, and we've taken some steps, and the sand has been swirling. So we're going to hold still. And we look, and the sand and debris is settling as we hold still. And it's settling, and it's settling. And finally, there's clarity all the way to the bottom. And we keep our eyes closed and stay there as you listen. That if you in your daily life would take steps to slow your pace and lessen the noise that swirls and kicks up the sandy dust around you, if you would take time each day to stand still and quiet down, and really look around you, you will find that the sand and dust of daily stressors, the debris of daily cares will settle, will settle, and finally, you will have moments of peaceful clarity. Do you want that? Do you need that? When you're ready, you can open your eyes. And that was the spiritual practice of slowing. Jesus says to you, in Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 28, this is from the message translation. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion, Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you, he says, how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Our bodies are not made for continual movement and noise. If you are not a Christ follower, science will prove this point. If you are a Christ follower, I'm going to use a whole lot of scripture to prove that point. From a science perspective, studies have shown that your body as a machine can operate for six days, and then on the seventh, it begins to break down. We know that as the Sabbath principle. In Genesis 1 and 2, God made us to work six days and rest the seventh. Does anybody here do woodworking? You do? Okay. So a wood saw. You know what a wood saw is? It has a handle. You move it back and forth. It's got little teeth to cut into the wood. So if we had a wood saw in front of us and we worked on sawing a two-by-four piece of wood, it would cut clean through. We could set it aside and we get another board, and we use that saw, and it would cut clean through, and we set it aside. And maybe around the 15th board, we would start to have a little trouble cutting through it, but we would get through it. The cut would be a little bit more jagged. We'd set that aside. And then maybe around board 40, we'd start to cut, but the teeth just won't grab that piece of wood. 
And at some point, it won't saw anymore. So continually sawing away at a piece of wood takes time, or without taking time to sharpen and, and hone that blade, is eventually going to lead to poorly cut two-by-fours. In the same way, if you continue to live your life without taking time to reset and refocus, you will become dull and not very effective, just like that saw. One of my favorite books, I asked Byron in the bookstore Hearts and Minds to carry this for you if you have time to get it before the main session. But this book, in Aldelk Alberg Calhoun, the author, she says, we can get so busy doing urgent things and so preoccupied with what comes next that we don't experience now. Afraid of being late, we rush from the past to the future. The present moment becomes a crack between what we did and what we have yet to do. It is virtually lost to us. We don't get to our futures any faster if we hurry, and we don't become better people in haste. More likely than not, more likely than not, the faster we go, the less we become. The Bible has plenty to say about the pace of your lives. We read in the gospel that G- Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that Jesus lived a very active life in ministry. But Jesus always found opportunity to get away from the pressures so that he could be alone and pray, to spend time with God, to gain perspective, to be renewed, to regenerate his energy so that his followers' energy would also be renewed. In the Bible, we're directed to slow down. We have permission to slow down. You have permission to slow down and be quiet. And it's given to you by your creator, God. And a big part of your willingness to slow down is realizing that you are not the one who keeps your world spinning. That is God's role and God's alone. You are not the one to keep someone else's world spinning. That role is the creator God's. If we slow down and we intentionally intentionally set aside whatever is causing the most noise in our lives, we can have peace. We can rest in God's promises. And here are some of them. First, we will understand who God is. In Psalm 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still leads to knowing that, I, that he is God. Isaiah 26.3 says, God keeps in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on him. So we'll understand who God is. And second, slowing and quieting can lead to better understanding our neighbors. James 1.19 says, Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And let me just tell you, I am a single mom with two kids, and I usually get that backwards. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So do they, but. Third, slowing and quieting can help us better understand ourselves and your tendencies toward rushing and anxiety. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God 
which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Does anyone know the author Brene Brown? Or have you watched your TED Talks? Oh, she's great. She's great. So she's a sociologist, and she says there's a remedy to this cultural push to fill our lives with busyness and noise. And here's what she says. One of the things that I have found most important is the importance of rest and play and the willingness to let go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self-worth. Listen. Do you hold exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self-worth? Do you compare how busy you are with other people? She says, when we make the transition from crazy busy to rest, we find out what comforts us, what really refuels us, and we do those things. So what I'd love for you to do is look at these images, pick the best one, that describes your current relationship to busyness and noise. There is no wrong answer. Pick one that clicks with you. How do I relate to busyness and noise? Okay, would you turn to a neighbor? Make sure everybody has someone to talk to and tell them why you picked your picture. tell our entire group what picture did you select and why would somebody stand up and just and tell us who wants to stand up it's all you go yeah. um i picked the coffee oh nice um, I'm, a, I'm a senior in college i'm about to graduate in two months and between relationships with my boyfriend and my roommate going around doing that being involved in a lot of clubs having my senior uh, research project, which is due at the end of April, mm-hmm. which is a 20-page paper, um, having all of that on top of my other classes and learning another language. Um, I have to drink a lot of coffee to stay awake because I'm not sleeping. <laughs> I'm not going to bed till like almost three and then have to be up at like eight, so. Mm-hmm. So what looks like this beautiful like latte with latte art, this peaceful picture, it just it represents to you, I need caffeine to stay awake to take care of everything. Mm-hmm. Somebody else stand up and talk to us? How about somebody over here? Okay. So uh, the one that uh, go ahead. Uh, the one that I felt represented me uh, the best was the uh, head with all the clocks ticking. Um, I'm on the track team for my school, and 
time is very important when it comes to that sport, but um, all these clocks are ticking back and forth, so many different things. I, am I making time for this? Do I have enough time for this? Everything is revolving around a ticking clock. Mm -hmm. And then back there. Oh, good. We're going to talk about it. All right. Make sure you take pictures of some of these slides that I'm going to show. We'll do it. Okay. Um, I want you to know that whatever picture you picked last, that, don't feel guilty about it. That's just your reality. Okay. It's, it's good to confront how you feel with time and, and, and noise so that you can deal with it. So whatever you picked was fine. So here are some ways that you can practice the discipline of slowing and quieting. And here's some ways that um, they can benefit you. So first, you will feel freedom from an addiction to hurry. You will develop patience. You'll begin to be able to wait with grace. Or if somebody interrupts you, you can receive that interruption graciously instead of you are an annoyance. You will feel freedom from the addiction to phones, headphones, and screens. And I know the word addiction up there is, uh, you know, it's just kind of a harsh word. I'm just trying to be real with you today. I think, I think we have addic addictions. You will learn to be comfortable being still and calm because I know that if I asked a few of you to do that, like just right now, come on, let's go be still, you would freak out. Because you're so used to being busy, right? And then you'll learn to live the present moment to the fullest. Does any of that sound appealing to you? Okay. So we practiced the discipline of slowing, a way to slow down when we imagined walking into the clear Caribbean Sea. If you wondered what in the world is this lady talking about, that's what we were doing. And we did that. Remember, we used our bodies. We relaxed. Your breathing slowed. We immersed ourselves in that moment. And this takes practice. All spiritual disciplines take practice. So, and that's why they're called disciplines. So I bet a lot of you, you write out note cards or you use Quizlet to study. Okay, yes, somebody loves Quizlet, yep. Or some of you, um, you lift weights in order to build muscle. Or some of you, you, do, you draw a lot of sketches so that you can learn visual composition, all of those things require repetition, and they are disciplines that you are practicing to build up your skill. The same thing is going to happen when you practice the art of slowing. It's going to be easier for you to just click into silence, or focus, or center, or relax. You just have to practice. So here are some ideas uh -oh. for you to continue the practice of slowing in the coming week. Drive in the slow lane or drive your campus speed limit. <laughs> no. I know it's important, but 15 miles per hour is ridiculous. Yes, I have a friend who, for her Lenten discipline for Lent, she drove the campus speed limit, and it was so annoying to drive with her, but I realized I don't do that. 
Get enough rest. Hmm. Speak more slowly. Look people in the eyes when you're talking to them. Look people in the eyes when you're talking to them. Put this down. Okay. Chew your food slowly. Eat so that you are tasting what's in front of you. Sit longer at the table. Um, and then I would recommend an app called Headspace. Does anybody have Headspace on their phone? Okay. What Headspace is, is it teaches mindfulness. It will lead you through three or five or ten minute exercise of mindfulness. And so it will keep time for you. And you just follow the directions. So I, I'm going to challenge you. Try one of those this week. We're going to try a second discipline now. It's called breath prayer. This practice links together your prayer to the rhythm of your breathing. So you just breathe in and out regular breaths. When you breathe in, you think about a biblical name or an image for God. And when you breathe out, you just say a simple statement and you just keep repeating this. So here's some ideas um, or you can make up your own. You breathe in the word Abba, which means father. And then you breathe out, I belong to you. You breathe in, Lord. Breathe out, here I am. Breathe in, Jesus. Breathe out, have mercy on me. So would you pick one of those or create your own? All right, get ready. I often find that it's easier to close my eyes, but you don't need to. What's going to happen is we're going to take three minutes to do a breath prayer, and you'll find that your mind begins to wander, and that's totally normal. What I try to do is when I realize my mind has wandered, I notice the distracting thought, and then I just choose to let it drop away, and I go back to my prayer. So I invite you to close your eyes. And again, take a comfortable posture in your chair. Notice the quietness in the room. Notice your breathing. And begin your breath prayer.
Notice that we're in a room together again. That you're comfortable in your chair. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Would someone tell us what that was like? Easy, difficult, somewhere in between? Difficult? Why? Why was it difficult? Um, just my mind going different places. Mm-hmm. Just focusing on everything but mm-hmm. trying to keep your mind focused. Yeah. She said it was difficult to keep your mind focused. You wanted to think about a lot of other things. Did anybody else feel that way? Yeah, that's pretty common. Yeah. That's where that the discipline of it, like you train, your mind will become trained. Like it'll be easier to stick with it. Like you're, you're creating new neural pathways in your brain so that you're, it's like little roadways that it's not used to following. It's a, it's a path that hasn't been beaten yet. It's all covered with shrubbery and foliage and you have to just like beat back that neural pathway in your brain and pretty soon it'll be easier to walk along it. Who else? Easy, difficult? Yeah. I thought it was hard. I am so tired from this weekend that I find every time I try to close my eyes, I just Yeah. Is anybody else really sleepy? I'm really sleepy. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah. Did anybody find it um, restful? Okay. Um, would someone tell us why it was restful? Anyone back here? Go ahead. Okay, so repetition brought relaxation. Yeah, repetition is a key for like Christian meditation and centering and that sort of thing. All right. Um, Did anybody feel that the Holy Spirit emphasized something to you? Would you tell us? Um, A song started coming. A song. What was it? Um, Creating me a clean heart. Okay. I I don't know. Yes. Oh, yes. So I really encourage you, think through the lyrics of that song, look at the scripture it's connected to in the Psalms, and think through, Spirit, what do you want me to learn today? That's wonderful. Anything else feel like there, anybody else feel like something was emphasized? Yeah. Um, yeah, I started off by saying the Father, I belong to you, but then a couple breaths through, I was kind of thinking, you know what, I want to just have a breath prayer about uh, thankfulness, and so I just changed it to Father, thank you. Okay. And then the images of kind of just like things I'm thankful for in this weekend just started coming to mind, and I found that really restful. Okay. So she changed her breath prayer to one of thankfulness, and then her mind started thinking through things she was gratitude or she had gratitude for. Do you know the purpose of this isn't to like get something out of it, like the song thing that came? Okay, the Spirit's trying to tell you something. Okay, go look at that song. Um, But if nothing like that happened to you, all you did was put yourself in the presence of the God who loves you. Okay? You're just trying to build a relationship. He loves you. He just wants to sit with you. Okay? That's, That's what we're trying to do. There is no, we're doing this practice so we can get something out of it. The Spirit does the transformation. All right? So, you can do this. You, I'm getting chills. There's something that I'm supposed to tell you. I have to listen. Hold on.
You do not have to let other people define your time. Your time belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are a Christ follower, his spirit is in you, and you have the power to do this. Okay. All right. So here's what you can do. Spend 15 minutes a day in breath prayer. I know most of you or all of you have a phone. You could set a timer, and you could put that away, and it'll keep track for you, and you could do breath prayer. All right? That's one way that you can do this. With spiritual practices, hear me say this really clearly. God is not worried about your success. He just wants you to try to focus on being in a relationship with him a while and to let him talk back to you sometimes. It's not about success. It's about the attempt. The last discipline we're going to talk about is unplugging. Oh, you're not going to like me. You know what this means. Have you heard of this term? Okay, what is somebody... Everybody's like, yeah, great. Somebody tell us, what's unplugging? I'm sorry, who was... Okay. Okay, no electronics. Things turned off. That's right. And so it's related to spiritual disciplines. Um, And I think that when I talk about unplugging, I even myself can get a little defensive. We often guard our time when it comes to time on our phone or our social media presence or our streaming TV consumption. I'm currently in the middle of a show. But listen, as we're learning at Jubilee, and they showed you Psalm 24.1 on the big screen yesterday, God cares about everything in our lives and everything belongs to God. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And so... Your screen consumption matters to God. Screens in themselves are not bad. We honor or dishonor God by our use of those screens. Okay? So unplugging recognizes that personal beings are created for personal interaction by a personal God and that we need to be in the presence of each other. Digital connections aren't enough to keep us healthy. We need uninterrupted spaces in our lives for the presence of God and the presence of others. So unplugging isn't something we're going to do in the room together because I'm plugged in. All right, but I'm going to equip you to try something this week. All right, so if you want, you could take a screenshot or you can jot down these questions. Some really good questions for you to ask yourself is, first, how much time do you spend on a screen each day? And I didn't plan this, but on Sundays, my iPhone tells me, this was your screen consumption daily each week. I'm going to tell you what it is. Your screen time was up 10% last week for an average of 4 hours, 23 minutes a day. Oh, that's terrible. Yours might be more. (laughs) So if you want to know your screen time, if you have an iPhone, it will tell you. How much time do you spend on a screen each day? How much uninterrupted time, no screens, do you spend with family, with friends, or with the Lord each day? Compare the times of those questions. Compare the times. And then pray about your answers to those questions. Is God inviting you to reprioritize anything? Let the Spirit speak to you. And then if you find that you are being invited to reprioritize, obey. Pray for the grace in your heart to do what the Spirit is asking you to do. 
All right, here's some fruit that can come from unplugging. You will become fully present to the people around you. You will be able to work or play or sleep in an uninterrupted way. Ding! I just heard that. Learn to be better at face-to-face communication with others. Remember, face-to-face. Look each other in the eye when you're talking. You'll be better able to settle into uninterrupted time with the Lord. You'll be able to click in. And you will experience sweet freedom from the compulsive and demanding nature of screens. You'll be able to give others the gift of your full, uninterrupted presence. Did you know that, um, um, is anybody here part of One Life, that gap year experience? Okay, there's a gap year experience for college students. They ask, they ask their students to surrender their phones. They only get to look at them on Saturdays. Some of the students report phantom vibrations as though their phone is vibrating and they don't have their phone on them. Okay? So we, the phones are an extension of ourselves. And so that's why unplugging helps us to receive freedom from that. Here's some ideas. Um, you may want to try. Try this week refraining from the use of one type of screen for an entire day or an entire hour or an entire half hour. You may need accountability from a friend. Okay? Abstain from video gaming for several days and instead go have fun and play in person with friends. Go to coffee, go bowling, go play a prank on somebody. Choose a family or a friend, a family member or a friend, and try and communicate with them only face to face for an entire day or for an entire week. Turn off your flipping phone notifications when you are sleeping. You can, you can select um, ways to turn off so that little red dot doesn't show up on your phone. That red dot has been researched that says like one or two or whatever in your messages. It's been researched that your brain responds to that. That's why it's a red circle. Okay? They know that you'll look at it. You can turn those off. Okay? Imagine if you did that at night, what a full night of sleep would look like. I have a do not disturb set on my phone from 10 p.m. to 7 a.m., and then I you know, set it so my kids, you know, they'll ring through and some other people who might need to get me for emergency. I sleep at night, and it's wonderful. All right, so that was a lot of information. We've talked about three disciplines, slowing, breath prayer, and unplugging. Remember that God does not care about your success in spiritual practices. He cares about your faithfulness. Just try your best and keep practicing, and God will be honored by your effort. I would be glad to be a resource for you. This is my email, and I am on the archaic social media format of Facebook. I have Insta, and I have Snap, but I don't use them. So feel free to contact me. What I'd like to do is, um, I promise to let you out by 10. It's 946. I'd like to take time for a couple questions, and then I'd like to take time to pray with you, pray over you. To um, We'll pray for some freedom for you today. So anybody have questions? Go ahead in the back. Oh boy, I don't hear you.
Oh, okay, so how do you stay in contact with people? Um, we used to write letters. <laughs> You're talking about you need immediate conversation with them? Yeah, well, I mean, that's fine. So maybe just ask yourself if you need to stay in contact with somebody over phone. Again, the phone is not evil. Your use of it is what we're trying to think through to honor or dishonor God, okay? So, yes, spend time with those friends and family through phone. That's fine. That's fine. You could also write letters. My daughter, don't tell her I said this because her former roommate's in the room, didn't know how to address the outside of an envelope because letters are kind of a foreign thing. You could write letters. What other questions do you have? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you have ADHD, what kind of things would apply? So, you know what, I, I don't know the answer to that. It might be harder to sit still and focus. Um, something that can just maybe center a person is based on, based on who you are and what you like to do is you could have something in your hand, like a fidget spinner or something, or Play-Doh, to try to focus on and do and just try to center in that room. There are probably other spiritual practices that might be better for that type of person. Um, so maybe I have an answer to that question. If you have ADHD, like what, how would you approach the ideas of prayerfulness and centering and quieting? Okay. So the kinesthetic idea of holding Play-Doh is, can help keep your mind, mind. Yeah. Okay. Um, that way you can keep them yep. Yeah, so a spiritual uh, practice of journaling could be really helpful. Yeah. I do when I have prayers and stuff in the morning while I make coffee, um, and I grind my coffee beans by hand. I am not blocking electric grind for that. Yeah. Yes. Good. And respect for making a good cup of coffee. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So prayer walking is a spiritual discipline. Um, in that book that I told you, Prayer Walking is the Discipline, I have a guide on how to do prayer walking. If you email me, I'll send it to you. Any other questions? Yeah. Okay, so if you're praying, he's asking, you're trying to focus, and we have thoughts that interrupt. Okay, and this is, this is what I do. Somebody, and There's different methods, but this is what I do. If I'm trying to center, if I'm trying to focus, do some Christian meditation, and I, I feel, I, I recognize that the thought has come in. This is going to sound funny, but I, I kind of I visualize it like a cloud, and I just watch it floating by, and it floats out of the picture, and it's gone, and I go back. Another one of my friends notices that it's a thought, it's just like a pebble, and she drops it on the ground, and then she comes back. So you, the fact that you're recognizing that you're being distracted is half the battle, and then you're choosing to say, wait, I'm not doing that. Just let it drop away and come right back. 
it's hard to realize now, but once you begin practicing prayerful centering and meditation, your mind will build muscles to stay put, and you will have fewer of those distracting thoughts. Does that answer your question? Okay. So it's normal. It is normal, yes. Because, um, like, when you drive um, or ride a car, ride in a car, often we have music on. Like, one, one, thing, one way to practice this is don't put things on in the car. Um, like, if you're in there by yourself, just let your thoughts run out. Like, you've got lots of thoughts, and we keep putting stuff in our head, and we put stuff visually in front of our eyes, and we're not giving our, spa- our brain space to just work itself out, you know? So you don't have to be participating in meditation or the, the spiritual practices to just give your brain a little space. Like, your thoughts have to go somewhere. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A suggestion to pray out loud to help yourself stay focused. There's a hand over here. Okay, recognizing that you need to slow down before it becomes overwhelming. What a good question. Okay, I have some ideas, but I'm middle-aged, and I you know, can be out of touch with what you guys actually do. So let me hear, does anybody have suggestion or ways that they keep track of what they're doing so that they don't get too busy? Yes? Mm-hmm. What's going on? How's my time blocked out? And like me visually seeing it, it helps me recognize like I'm not doing anything else this week. Um, so if anyone asks me, I'm already booked. Um, it's too much. Okay, so you write down what you need to do on a calendar, and you you use that to guide your yeses and your noes to people. Okay, there was a hand back here. Somebody back there? Yes. You what? Okay. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, that was one suggestion I was going to make for you is um, actually 15-minute increments. Try it for a whole day and write down what you're doing for 15-minute increments. Okay. If you've just spent 15 minutes on Insta, you need to know that. Also, I would really encourage you to to um, put your phone setting on so it's keeping track of your screen consumption daily it'll tell you by app where you're spending time so even if you're like i spend a lot of time in planner pro which is my calendar it's open on my desk a lot um it'll tell you were you actually in your calendar linda or were you looking at facebook you know that kind of thing yeah for how to wait for important things. Let me just say, I think I have some other ideas for you if you want to come up afterwards. Okay. How do you wait well for important things? Yeah. What, tell me um, the difficulty that you run into. Like, I, I, I just get really nervous. and like, I know there's nothing I can do, and I try to tell myself, like, it's in God's hands now. I can't do anything about it. But it's just like, I, I want to know what's going to happen. So okay. I, Yes, so so it's not like waiting for somebody to pick you up. It's like waiting for something to change in your life or waiting, oh, 
Oh, I'd love to talk to you. Yes. Okay. Well, does anybody have suggestions? How to wait well for a change to come about in your life that you're really kind of anxious for it to come about? Yeah. So I'm waiting to hear back from grad school. Waiting to hear from grad school. There it is. Anybody else waiting to hear back from grad school? Okay. So what I do is I try to distract myself so I'm not like looking at my email every five minutes to see if they email me back to see if I got in. So I try to, like, walk away and say, okay, it's, it's in God's hands, like he said, but, like, more focusing on, like, hanging out with my friends and realizing that, like, I have a few weeks left in the semester and I'm not going to be back here, so I have to do the time I have. So you're being present in the moment and you're recognizing what you have right in front of you. Okay. Um, I'm, I'll tell you one thing that I do, and then we're going to move on to, to praying for you guys. Um, the school that I work at is affiliated with a denomination called the Evangelical Friends Church. And Becca, you, I don't, you might know the name of this practice. I can't remember the name. But we use our, it's hands up and hands down. Okay, so hands up is you're um, receiving from the Lord. You just pray, what can I receive from you today? Hands down is what do I need to let go of today? Um, waiting. And remembering that you are not alone. And that whatever the outcome is, God still loves you and will be working in your life. And you will you could be disappointed. And if you are disappointed, there's a place to express that in your faith. Look at the Psalms. But recognizing that we are not in control of our world is key. And open up your hands and let go. And then you'll be more peaceful in receiving what the Lord has. It's not going to fix the turmoil that you're, you're probably feeling right now, those heart palpitations when you... But you begin to remember that you're not alone. That Jesus has said to you, come to me and I will help you carry your burden. I'm not going to take your burden off of you completely. I'm going to help you carry it. Okay. And somebody wanted to comment. Breath prayer might be helpful to say, breathe in, provider, you care for me. Or something like that that emphasizes the attributes of God, the promises that are true, that he has told you. Um, All right, I want to keep my promise. Um, It's two minutes to go. So here's one thing that I wanted to do is, um, I think what I'll do is dismiss people who want to fly out of here and then keep people who would be willing to stay a few minutes longer. But let me explain what we're going to do. Last year when I did this workshop, um, people, some people came up afterwards in turmoil. Linda, I cannot do this. And I remember a young woman in the other room where she was, and she, was, she said, I cannot do this. I have stuff to do from when I wake up till I go to bed. And I suggested something needs to go. Something needs to go out of your schedule. But everything is important. That is a lie <laughs> that the devil is telling you because you need to cultivate your best yes. There's a book called The Best Yes, which is helpful. Um, but 
you may feel like that young woman felt today. She was bound by her schedule. She walked away crying, and that was it. And I thought, oh my gosh, next year, we need to pray to release you if you are bound to noise and busyness and pray the Lord's freedom over you. Okay. So what I'd like to do is give you space. If you need to go, I understand you meet, meet, your, meet your people and go sit down at the main session. If you would like some prayer, stay behind, come up here, and the people left behind will pray for you. Okay. So go ahead. I'm so glad that you were here. I hope it was helpful. Peace to you.